Hi guys, welcome to Inbound After Hours. Today we have a, uh, a special guest from over in the US. We have uh, Pete uh, Caputa from, uh, he's a CEO of Databox. Thanks for joining us, Pete. How are hey, you? Pete. Pleasure, pleasure. Yeah, appreciate that. Where, where are you today? Looks like are you at home today. I am working from home, yeah, my home office here. Yep, and it's 12, 12 noon, but I, uh, I, I wouldn't let you guys drink alone, so. Yeah. Got my beer here, ready to go. Good man, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> That's always the first thing we do before a podcast, send Ricky down to the bar. So. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, listen, Pete, for the viewers who don't know who you are and who Databox is, can you uh, give us a summary and overview? Uh, sure. So uh, I've been doing online marketing uh, since the late 90s, you know, building websites and, and doing e-commerce back in the day. Uh, I had my own little marketing agency for a while. We actually uh, were very specialized in helping uh, event planners market their events online in the early 2000s. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, I was a very early employee at HubSpot, uh, number, employee number 15 at HubSpot. I joined there in 2007. Uh, and then in 2009, I started the HubSpot agency partner program, uh, which means, uh, you know, HubSpot, uh, HubSpot uh, signs up marketing agencies, uh, trains them on how to deliver them on marketing services, of which Digital 22 is, of course, one of them. Uh, and, um, and so I started that up, uh, and I, I led that growth of that um, through the IPO, uh, it's, I think uh, last time HubSpot reported it, it was about 40% of HubSpot's revenue. Uh, I approximate that it's a few billion dollars worth of marketing services that are, that those agencies um, collectively deliver. So very proud of that, uh, being able to help a lot of agencies and help a lot of agencies, help a lot of their clients. Um, I got a little bored of doing the same thing um, at, at HubSpot. So after nine years, I left there in January to join a CEO of Databox. Uh, Databox is an early stage company, been around for a little while, raised a few million dollars, built out a very robust um, visualization and reporting and business intelligence solution, okay. uh, but didn't have a whole lot of customers to show for it yet, so I've joined to, to help build that up. We're up to a few hundred paying customers now, we have a few thousand free users, um, about 100 agencies, uh, many of which are HubSpot partners have joined us, and they're using it uh, with about a, a total of uh, 1,200 of their clients uh, total. Uh, and so uh, we're trucking along. Our goal is to really help uh, marketers uh, be more data-driven, uh, really deliver ROI in a very measurable and tangible way, and, uh, and help marketers and marketing agencies be more agile. I think most marketers set their strategy in the beginning of the year and kind of just run with it. They might make a few tweaks along the way every month, but uh, with the nature of online marketing today, there's there's opportunity to optimize results pretty much in real time if you're paying attention to the numbers. And so we're helping uh, agencies and, and marketers pull all their marketing data into one spot and then making it available on every device, TV, mobile, desktop, uh, computer, et cetera. Fantastic. I mean, you're the perfect candidate because you understand our pain as agencies and as marketeers and uh, KPI reporting. So you've been there. You've been there in all aspects and uh, hence you're the perfect candidate for the role, I guess. 
Yeah, it's been a long time since I delivered marketing services myself. That was in the in the mid two thousands. Uh, back then, it was pretty simple. I don't know if you guys are involved. Remember back then, but you could pretty much you know, send a few numbers from Google Analytics and a little SEO data over to the client. But more more often than not, it was just a matter of sitting down with clients and saying, "How's it going? Are you getting leads? Are those turning into sales?" Uh, but over time, uh, that's not sufficient. And certainly, if you want to optimize results. Uh, and agencies that we talk to now, marketers we talk to now, they're pulling data from four or five, sometimes 10, 20 different data sources. Uh, and there's really no way to uh, to pay attention to your numbers with if it's in that many places. It's literally four or five, 10, 20 logins. Uh, and so most marketers just kind of throw their, I think, throw their hands in the air and say, screw it. Uh, and and uh, don't really pay attention very well. Uh, but with Databox, they can start to pull all that into one spot and put it into a sequence of numbers uh, so that they can literally just page through it in a few minutes uh, and see how everything's going. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, we became a, a Databox partner recently. And the reason we invited you on the show is because, as Mark said, a challenge of pretty much every marketer is is reporting, is data, doing it in a good way. So we thought it'd be great to get you on uh, get you on the show and mm. let let listeners learn from from what you've learned from joining from joining Databox. So, from speaking to from speaking to marketers every day and in, in the role you're at now, what what are the big things you've learned about how people are reporting today? What have been your big learnings over the last few few months? Well, um, a, a lot, I guess. One of the one of the 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 funnier things are when I shouldn't say funny it's actually the opposite of funny but one of the more surprising things I learned is that um, a lot of agencies actually don't really do reporting they might get on a call once a month with clients and look at data but they're not they're not really sitting down and spending time reflecting on the data and and making recommendations so I was actually surprised to see a lot of marketers that kind of kind of don't really pay attention to the numbers. Uh, I think that's a huge mistake today. Um, one of one of the massive opportunities with inbound marketing, especially, is is going back and optimizing uh, the current marketing assets. So whether that's simply taking a you know a blog post and and updating it so that maybe you can get it to rank a little better, uh, or get it to convert better, or taking an old you know, um, offer like an ebook and, and doing the same, re-promoting it to a new audience. Um, I think marketers miss out on those opportunities because they don't really pay attention to the numbers well enough. They don't, they don't prioritize which assets to optimize. And we're actually seeing is uh, with our own marketing and success, um, optimizing things very quickly. So instead of like uh, publishing a blog post, you know, let's see, 10 landing pages that perform, you know, performed well. Instead of, like, publishing that and then and waiting six months to update it, we oftentimes will update it a week later uh, and make it 15 landing pages that are performing really well. Uh, and what we've seen from that is some really impressive search results, search or organic search results. And, of course, you know, we, get, um, we can improve the conversion rate along the way as well. Uh, as we as we as we re-promote it to a new batch of uh, of uh, audiences. That's a really interesting uh, technique, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I quite like that. I guess you're playing you're playing to a few facets of surgery there. It's obviously updated in terms of freshness, and then you're increasing the sort of 
length and uh, value that you're giving people regularly. I guess that it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense that that works, and the the you get more traffic for doing it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I like that approach yeah. definitely. Yeah, if you could keep giving us uh, valuable tips like that throughout this podcast, <laughs> we'll be very happy, Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep going. Yeah, keep going. Monday, Monday. Okay. No, go, go, go. I was gonna I was gonna pick up on something you've said there when. Um, when you don't look at the data, you certainly do miss opportunities because we've talked about it a few times on the show, particularly with blogging, you'll, you'll make a blogging strategy and all of a sudden one of the blogs that you, you didn't expect to take off does take off and starts getting, we've had some recently where it picks up like 15k visits a month to a blog that we really didn't expect to happen. Um, if we weren't looking wow. at, yeah, which is, it was just off the chart and if we weren't if we weren't looking at the data, we'd have missed that. And what we managed to do by being on top of the data was get in there, quickly increase, uh, do some CRO, put a better call to action on there that was specific just for that blog. And now that blog gets, yeah. I don't know, like 650 leads a month or something like that, just from that one blog, which is amazing. Yeah, but without the data, without taking the time to look at it, we, we'd have completely missed that. And the opportunity there would have just... Yeah. Would have now I'm really curious, which one, which one was it? Are you prepared to share? Yeah. Is it a secret? It's actually a client blog. So it's a top of the funnel piece about um, tips to land in a job as a waitress. Um, so we have a yeah, it's and it, it tells you how to how to nail the interview. But even though we obviously did keyword research and checked the volumes that that gets is just off the charts. It's uh, it's absolutely crazy. So we may is, is that on your site or another? It must be on another a client site or something. Yeah, no, that's on a client site. So uh, they sell they sell shoes for waitresses. So we're trying to get them right at the top of the funnel. When they're going in for the mm -hmm. when they're going in for the job interview, capturing them at the earliest possible point, uh, and it's worked yeah. really well, but completely unexpectedly, and yeah. uh, it's only the data that's helped us identify that. Yeah, we've also had uh, similar, similar similar stories for ourselves, and actually, one of our junior content writers wrote a piece, and it's just accelerated. So oh, cred yeah. credit to him. Yeah, <laughs> one of the junior guys. Yeah, he's got our best performing blog, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine like imagine hiring a, a young promising writer, you know, just fifteen years ago and all of their writing goes in print. It would be a, it would be ten years before you know whether they're whether they whether people like them or not. But now that data is instantly available. Yeah, I didn't even think of it like that. But now you're you're absolutely right. Definitely. It's like fine art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's talk no, about no, no, no. Um, no, whoever the writer deserves a raise. We're probably going to ask for it after this show. I know, yeah, we throw, put ourselves in it now. <laughs> yeah, which I should have. Uh, we'll edit that bit out and we'll just yeah, <laughs> blur that bit. I'd like, I'd like to talk, talk more about ROI. This is something we found challenging, especially using Google data sheets and, say, dragging from many sources, bringing it together. How, how important is ROI for a marketeer? And how, how can Databox um, help help with that issue? I think um, there's different different reasons why an in-house marketer and an agency marketer have has to prove their ROI. I think for an in-house marketer, I think it's you know hopefully they're uh, committed to the mission of the company and and feel a lot of ownership over it. And so I think the the more important thing is to monitor 
the data and to set goals around where they want to be in order to support the mission and the growth of the company. And so with, with in-house marketers, it's more about um, being able to monitor their data. So a lot of marketers will have, you know, they might have HubSpot, uh, they might have uh, they might have Google Analytics because it's just you know has historical data or allows deeper dives uh, uh, by dimension and metrics um, than HubSpot does. They might be using a, a SEO tool like Moz or, or SEMrush or maybe just Google Search Console. They might be running some Facebook ad and some AdWords campaigns. Uh, they certainly should be doing the organic social stuff on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, hopefully getting their employees involved with that stuff. And so by the time you add all that up, it becomes very difficult for them to keep all those balls in the air. Um, and what I've seen is, you know, marketers usually slack on one or two of those things. Uh, and, and, and they're not, it's not always the right thing. Uh, and so with in-house marketers, I think it's as much about monitoring how things are performing for themselves as it is about, um, about reporting to, to you know, to bosses uh, in a smaller business, I think it's it, we've seen it's a lot less important for like an in-house marketer to put together like a PowerPoint and, and do a formal review. Some some companies run a little more diligently that way than others, uh, but you know, I think it is important to to make sure for a, a VP of marketing or a marketing manager to know that um, for their bosses and their peers, whether it's the sales or service or just other executives, the finance executive, to know that they've actually set goals that they're working towards uh, and that they're tracking against that. And so for, for most of them, they have a pretty complicated, not shouldn't say complicated, but a comprehensive setup for themselves where they monitor everything. But then when they're reporting to to their bosses or peers or other people in their company, it's usually a very simple thing. It's like just a handful of metrics what the goal is and what the performance is. And so our system allows an agency, or I'm sorry, a marketer to pull all that into one spot uh, so that they can then have different views for different people inside the company, but not have to go and cut and paste or, or customize it on, all, on an ongoing basis. They can customize the reports for each individual in their organization once, and then it's always, it's always set up that way for them with live data. Uh, so I'd say that's the marketer side. On the agency side, I think reporting is actually much more critical. Uh, you know, companies aren't making, usually are not making a huge commitment uh, to agencies. You know, a lot of times they might sign up for a 12-month retainer uh, if they're, you know, if, if everybody's doing things in the right way. But a lot of times it's month to month. Uh, a lot of times it takes months before an agency actually starts to impact the, the, you know, the top level goals around revenue or sales leads or whatever it is. Um, and I think it's really important that an agency starts out from day one having a plan around what metrics they're going to improve at by what point, by how much. And, uh, and therefore, for agencies, we find it's very important to do, do reporting. Unfortunately, what happens with most agencies is um, they spend a lot of time cutting and pasting data into spreadsheets. Yeah. Uh, and then they spend a lot of time creating graphs and put, pasting them into PowerPoint. Yeah. Then they finally, after they spend hours doing that, get to sit down, look at the data, and make some, you know, identify some insights and make some recommendations. Yeah. And so with DataBox, we're eliminating all that cutting and pasting for them, so that they can then focus on on actually doing the analysis and 
and identifying insights, sometimes just making changes instead of always recommending everything. But then, of course, keeping track of the changes that they would have made uh, and the recommendations that they have you know, uh, for the client as well. Yeah, no, that, that resonates a lot. I mean, obviously speaking with, with I've had both hats. So as, a, as an, an agency owner and pre, prior to this being an in-house marketer manager, I always felt that if I could report what I'd spent exactly back to what's come in, in pounds or dollars, I was in a really strong and secure place. There's nothing worse than a client or your boss saying, how are we doing? And you say, well, yeah, well, I got you some visitors or I got you some likes or whatever it is. Because most of the time, they don't care. They, they want to know, we've yeah. spent X amount with you. How much did we get back? And whenever I've been able to close the loop and truly give them that figure, yeah. I've always been in a strong position, whether that's asking uh, as an in-house marketer for more budget to do some things I wanted to try or going for a promotion or just general job security. Um, I always thought if I could close that loop, that was my number one priority, really, and improve my own worth. So um, it's, it's been absolutely yeah. vital in my career in terms yeah. of proving, proving ROI. How many people... How many people manage to truly achieve that? I know Databox allows you to do it if you're on, if people are on the CRMs or you get buy-in from the sales team to give you that data. How many people have you find actually end up being able to say you spend X pounds with us, you get X pounds back? Is that is that still something a lot of people are striving and pushing for? We have a few agencies that are reporting both of those things, but how much they're spending and, and how much um, how much they're getting back. Most most HubSpot partners that we talk to, especially you know the the golden above partners, are pretty good about showing uh, the 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 amount of revenue or at least the amount of sales qualified leads or leads that are being generated to the client. Um, you know, I think HubSpot makes it extremely simple to um, to do that uh, where I don't see a lot of agencies uh, I don't see a lot of agencies doing that ROI calculation but every six months or 12 months it's not an area where we focused I think most most clients especially with inbound marketing they're spending a set amount per month yeah. and therefore it's pretty easy to have in your head like how many new deals do I need to justify that um, so, so usually it's much more around the, it's less about calculating the ROI and just kind of showing the result or the outcome in terms of revenue. Uh, but I see most HubSpot partners getting there. I don't see a lot of other agencies getting there. You know, we, have, we have a little over 100 um, agencies, you know, probably like 80, 90% of them are, are HubSpot partners. The ones that, that aren't HubSpot partners rarely get to that, uh, to that revenue mark. I mean, um, something we've been thinking about while we're going through the uh, the onboarding process with data boxes. What what metrics do we need to drop reporting? Like, what's what's use for want of a better word? What's useless data? So, a good example of something we've yeah. dropped over the years is keyword rankings and getting really granular with clients on your ranking number three for that vanity keyword that you're really bothered about. Um, is, that, is, that just, is that just us who's dropping that or is that, a, is that a marketing wide thing? Is there anything else that people are starting to look at and think, 
that's a pretty vain or useless metric. Let's let's stop reporting that. I don't know, man. I still love keyword rankings. I I don't think it's too too useless. I think in aggregate, um, you know, my search traffic's more important. But I it's at the end of the day, people are still typing search terms into Google and coming there. Of course, it's longer search terms now, and um, you know, it's it's less it's less about ranking for one keyword phrase than it is a group of keyword phrases. But but I still think that stuff's important. It's actually um, you know, we, we rolled out Databox to a lot of HubSpot partners. And then, um, and so, so the, the biggest request we got um, was for a better, more SEO data. So we ended up building an integration for Google Search Console, which is obviously free, so everybody should use it, I think. Um, and then we built SEMrush because uh, the more sophisticated SEO firms wanted to use that because uh, it is more robust, also more confusing. Uh, and then we ended up building Moz just because of the popularity of that. It's you know it's an easier to use tool that a lot of agencies still use. Maybe not as robust in terms of the data set that SEM Rush gives, but but still just as popular somewhere. Um, so so we have those three implementations. They're gradually rising up to be our more popular um, our popular uh, connectors as well. So. So I do think that's important. Now, now there are a lot of agencies out there that only report that crap, and I think that's wrong. Um, but I think you know, once a client gets to a certain level, they have a certain amount of organic search traffic. There is massive opportunity to increase that via content optimization, link building, uh, better on-page SEO, uh, better link structure in on you know on the site. And so I I, I think that actually most. HubSpot partners undersell that, um, especially to clients that have, you know, good search traffic. I think there's a big opportunity there. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the, we don't report rankings to clients because most, like you say, the way content's going is it's a lot of keywords, a lot of long tail keywords now, and there's actually quite a difficulty reporting that. I think definitely hit the nail on the head in terms of where keyword rankings are useful. So if you've got a, a high volume keyword and it's hovering in position 11, 12, 13, and you know a little push could, yeah. a little push extra content, an extra few items on the list, whatever that is, could yeah. push it into page yeah. one. I think that's where definitely the value in, yeah. in rankings is. Um, for yeah. sure, for sure. Definitely. We I also track closely like the number of keywords that I have in top three and top 10 and top 100 positions um because i i know it's a long tail strategy but number of those that are in there so it has a, a big i think correlation to traffic and so you know i i as a ceo it's like something i can look at that that, that tells me that things are moving in the right direction for the effort that we're putting in there yeah. without me like digging into every detail to see like what keyword is it and and all that. I don't care about what keyword it is. I just care that it's growing over time. And I think that's a good you know looking at the number of keywords in there from SEM Rush is a good is a good way to look at it. Yeah, definitely. That that's something we we look at. It's a good um, it's a good trend indicator of how your SEO is doing. I really like that. I think the the challenge we've had with keywords is just. At the end of the day, when you're a partner as an agency, it is literally a 15-page long list of words. With yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah. I, I yeah. know from experience that 
no one reads them like over over our time no one's read them we went the way that you right. just suggested in terms of condensing them down to number of expositions three ten second page etc yeah and it's much more digestible yeah. particularly for ceos mds business owners yeah. uh we, we found that yeah. works definitely that makes sense. And do you tie that back to your, like, do you use that data to make a decision on your editorial strategy for the month then? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the kind of what we alluded to before is, I guess the main thing we look at is what's, what's hovering in the, the kind of opportunity bracket, which is, I guess, eighth position to kind of 20, 25 that we know has got that's got decent volume that we can put back into the editorial calendar. We can either push more internal links to it. We can either make the piece better, expand the piece, whatever it is. That's, that's a big part of the strategy we look at. And then, like you say, just literally refreshing it, getting the last modified date changed and doing all that stuff can actually have an impact and get it back up the rankings. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, another question for you, Pete, while we're on this topic. Since we've been on the onboarding process with, uh, with Databox, we're, we, we had a meeting the other day about how many data boards should we use, how many KPI boards. We have uh, 20 clients we're going to roll this out on to start with, plus ourselves. Do we have uh, a smart KPI board or do we have 20? What's, <laughs> what's, what's your advice? Yeah, what I've seen most um, HubSpot partners do is uh is they have like four or five data boards per client yeah. uh, and so the first one is usually the full funnel so you're showing and you might use even use a funnel analysis we have a bunch of templates in the directory that you can use for that that, that show this where you start with you know traffic leads mqls sqls deals all the way to revenue um, and then you might show you know some of those high level metrics in, uh, in a funnel view so you can see you know how much the volume going through and what the conversion rates are okay. and then also have maybe have a, a in that same data board uh, graphs of like just traffic just leads just mql so you can see how it's trending over the months in a little more granular day by day situation um, and then plot goals against it and i think that's that's the one that first one goes out to Every everyone at the client side, including you know the CEO who maybe maybe or maybe maybe doesn't really know marketing very well, um, and then what most agencies do is they have like four more that cover uh, the inbound methodology. So it'll be there'll be one for attract, one for convert, one for close. They might have two for attract, depending what the mix of services are, or two for convert, uh, or or two for close if they're doing some sales enablement services. Um, and so that first one on the attract stuff, it might have some, you know, might have your blog stuff or it might be a full one just on blogging. Uh, it might be, uh, have some SEO stuff from Oz or Search Console or something. Uh, and, and it might be a deeper dive into the traffic sources. The second one is more of like, where are leads coming from? The convert one. So like which traffic source is driving the most leads? If you have a traffic source that drives a lot of leads, you might drill down like on the HubSpot sources graph allows where you'd say, show me the referrals that are driving the most leads uh, or show me the pay-per-click campaigns that are driving the most leads. Uh, if you're running pay-per-click for clients, you might have a board just for that, just for Facebook ads or AdWords. Um, and so it really depends on the mix of services. What usually most agencies do is they start out with like 
four or five for every client. Most of the data is coming from HubSpot. Uh, maybe a few, you know, a few from from some social or ad campaigns, and then they have auxiliary boards that they plug in for um, for for different services they're offering. So, you know, I imagine you're offering AdWords or ad, you know, Facebook ads for a certain portion of your clients. They would want and maybe need uh, an ads, you know, an ads board. Uh, and so that's how most agencies roll it out: is they have a base level that everybody gets. And then they have a bunch of auxiliary ones that they use depending on the service. We quite like that approach when we were looking at it. We've um, one of the challenges over the years is we we kind of thought people just want this one sheet or one screen sort of view, but actually getting a very meaningful one sheet in terms of everything is it either just reads terribly because it's tiny uh, or it doesn't give yeah. any insights. So. Uh, we've over the years tried to split our report into two or three pages and then when we're talking to our onboarding guys, just putting it as simply as a an attract, convert, yeah. close board just seemed to make, yeah, make a lot of sense to us. And I think no matter how you're doing inbound, where you're getting your data from, how you're trying to report it, I think if you can get your reports in those three uh, situations, I think... Yeah. I think you'll do yourself a lot of favors and be able to to show value pretty well. Yeah, one of the one of the things I was also surprised to see when we started selling this to uh to agencies, especially HubSpot partners is that a lot of times they were overwhelming their clients, they told me, with too much data. Yeah. Um and I so I think it really is important to tailor the reporting to the audience. Uh you know if you're if you're working with a you know business doing less than a five million dollar turnover or something you you're probably working with like the you're talking to the c e o the sales lead and maybe they have one marketer uh maybe two, but those marketers are probably spread out across so many different activities uh and therefore when you get two in the weeds, every one of the people in that company is gonna be it's gonna you know they're just gonna start to tune it out. And I think when you overwhelm them, they start to just become blind to it all. And so I actually think it's really important. And what we've seen is really important to start simple uh, and then build from there. Uh, but not too simple because if you're too simple, then you're not showing the impact of your work, right? Um, if you only give them that high level dashboard that shows them traffic leads and sales, for example, they're not going to know that like this blog post performed really well, that, you know, the one on how to, how to, you know, land a waitress job. And so I think it's important to celebrate those those victories with the client so that there's excitement and so that they're bought in and they're somewhat inspired to participate with you in that content creation and editorial planning process. And so I think there's a balance there. One of the things that agencies have been doing to kind of inspire their clients is using our, our, our alerts feature. And they actually, we, I, we internally, we call them brag alerts. I probably shouldn't be giving this away since you're, some of your clients are probably paying attention. Um, but, uh, but you can set up thresholds where when a certain number goes over a certain threshold, either a, a raw number like over a hundred or over a thousand or goes, uh, over a certain percentage from the previous period, like 10% or 20% more than the week or the month before. You can set these alerts up and they can, you can send them automatically to, um, you know, the data box through the data box mobile app to your client, or you can send them to an email uh, at your client, uh, or if they have Slack, you can send it right to into a Slack uh, channel as well. So I think it's important to celebrate those victories along the way. 
And so instead of spending, you know, creating this 30 PowerPoint slide deck where the, the victories get buried and are already over, um, you, you celebrate them as they're happening really in real time. Uh, and, and that I think creates more excitement and more momentum, uh, between the, the agency and the client and just frankly just creates more, better input into the marketing because now people are more, the client is more engaged along the way, not just at that, that monthly review meeting. Yeah, I love that. I think that that solves a pretty good challenge of a marketer because you've got to you've got to show you're doing a good job and, like you say, celebrate the wins. But a lot of marketing people are quite introvert and they're not very keen on bragging, as you put it, or telling people how good right. they are. If I'd feel yeah. I'd feel more comfortable a system telling me that I've been good yeah. <laughs> or telling my client we've yeah. done a good job yeah. is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. Yeah. I, re- I really like that. And I think for, for any market, if you, yeah. can, if you can hide behind some alerts and tell your boss you're doing a good job, it, it, uh, it definitely right. solves two problems there. Yeah. I think it's also good internally in an agency, right? So you ha- say you have a handful of account managers, a bunch of people doing the work. It's hard to see those little wins. And so having those alerts go to the, the director of accounts or the, the owners of the firm allows you to build a nice culture there where where you know you you can you can recognize when people are doing a good job it was one of the things that that um i think we always did well inside hubspot and hubspot still does well is it celebrates the victories and it it, it gets everybody excited to do more uh so so yeah i love that feature Great. Uh, thank you, Pete. We've probably got another five minutes left. Any any success stories um, with your current clients at the minute? Any real valuable um, experience they've had in, in their marketing due to Databox? Um, well, yeah, we have a case study coming out with HubSpot. HubSpot actually authored the case study um, coming out soon. Um, it's all about how using real-time data alerts um, allows allows marketers to be more agile. Um, I would I would rather take the time to share a tactic that we've been using um, with with our partners that I think can be applied by any marketer. Um, we've really uh, like I love the inbound marketing methodology, but what I've discovered with inbound and, and talking to a lot of people is that if you just do the standard inbound marketing methodology. Uh, it's, it doesn't have an immediate impact usually for companies that just get go, getting going and it doesn't have a, a real, like it, it's, it's slow. There's a lot of people out there blogging. There's a lot of people out there creating ebooks and doing webinars. And so I'm finding that marketers need to be a little more creative. So one of the things that we've been doing a lot of is, um, is co-marketing with surveys. Uh, and it's, it's going really well. And I'm, I'm encouraging other people to do this. I think it's a great way. Um, to go after a target market and uh, and also uh, engage them in a dialogue uh, and get them involved in your marketing all at the same time. And so what we do is we we put together these short form surveys uh, using SurveyMonkey. We integrate it with HubSpot, so all the answers go right into the HubSpot contact record. Um, and uh, we'll come up with short form survey questions, usually one open-ended question where the respondent has to an- like answer it with a paragraph maybe one or two closed-ended multiple-choice questions. And then we'll, we'll take the answers. We, 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 the people that fill these out know that we're going to use their answers publicly. Um, and so we take their answers and we actually create articles out of it. Uh, so we just did one on, like, 
uh, the, the, the favorite tools that agencies use. I think we have like 17 tools uh, that we highlighted in there. We have one we're working on right now that's uh, the uh, uh, HubSpot customer's favorite products uh, integrated with HubSpot. So things like, uh, you know, SurveyMonkey and Seventh Sense and, um, and Databox, of course, um, things like that. And so these articles kind of write themselves. Uh, it helps us to kind of engage in our community. It, and as, since we're, we're highlighting answers from the respondents and linking to them, um, they have a, a motivation to share them on social. Um, and it, we're really trying to create a, a collaborative content marketing strategy. Right. And so I think um, that's just one example of something we're doing that I think is creative, that uh, is getting good results for us. We've we've uh, 3X'd our traffic in seven months. We've 5X'd the revenue we get from that traffic in that same time period. Um, and it's and it's because we're, we're taking a very collaborative approach to our marketing. Uh, and so I'd highly encourage people, especially if you're using HubSpot, to, to experiment with using SurveyMonkey to source content or source quotes for content. And kind of build that into into your content strategy. Yeah. So hopefully that's applicable to to everybody you're talking to or we're talking to now here through the podcast. But um, I think uh, I think it's important that 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 marketers get start to get a little more creative with not just the content but the uh, strategy for creating it and promoting it as well. Definitely, I'll, yeah, it's such a such a simple but effective tool. I don't know, I don't know if this is how we ended up here, but. Uh, maybe three months or so ago, I did fill in one of those surveys and ended up on one of your blog posts. Uh, I think it was something about best HubSpot feature I love or something like that. I can't remember the exact subject, uh, but yeah. we're kind of proof that, that I filled <laughs> one of those in three months ago and now we're sat here as a customer. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, the article was 20, it's now 22 HubSpot features, the most loved HubSpot features or something like that. Yeah. If you Google HubSpot features, we're on the first page. Thank, thank you for the answer. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, it's, um, I think it's a clever prospecting tool. It's not like our main purpose isn't prospecting, yeah. but um, it does allow us to reach out to very targeted um, uh, group of people who we want to talk to, uh, and kind of get them engaged in, in, in creating something together, as opposed to like, if we approached you and said, Hey, we have the newest, coolest reporting tool for, for HubSpot partners and HubSpot customers. You would be like, ah, oh, you're the fifth person that said that to me this week. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So yeah, I think, I think in general, the salespeople need to be, get more collaborative, get more involved in, in content creation. I spent, before I left HubSpot, I spent a year, um, actually writing for the HubSpot sales blog. I have a, a post that I wrote up there called, um, uh, I think it's like 18 uh, email prospecting templates guaranteed to initiate a relationship uh, and actually listed the survey approach in there as one of them. That article like continues to get shared on, on Twitter like three times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's definitely some room for innovation between marketing and sales, especially on the on the demand generation and the content creation side. No, I love that. I think that's uh, that's gone out on our to do list, Pete. So we're going to give that a go, and uh, we'll we'll let everyone, yeah, definitely, and we'll uh, we'll let everyone know how it goes, and we'll share some results from it. Yeah, thank you so much, cool. Pete, and we're really looking forward to working with you and your team going forward. We're excited to um, tick, tick this one off our list, <laughs> uh, KPI reported. It's been a bit of a challenge for us over the years. It has been. Yeah. So, again, thanks for your time. 
And where can people reach yeah. out to you? Where, where, can they, uh, where can they find you and, and your company? So first of all, thank you, Mark. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to you guys. It's been fun. Um, thanks for letting me uh, wax poetic on inbound marketing and, and data and, and reporting. Um, so I am a pretty reachable guy. Uh, I love Twitter. Uh, my my handle on there is PC and the number four media, PC4 media, all one word. Uh, that's Twitter. Um, my Gmail address is the same if you want to email me there, PC4media at Gmail or Pete at databox.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, but uh, I spend more of my time on Twitter. Um, so that's the best way to reach us. Um, if somebody's interested in trying Databox, we have a very generous free plan. Uh, a lot of HubSpot customers use our free plan and it actually helps them uh, manage their internal reporting. Uh, so I'd encourage people to check that out. Awesome. Well, yeah, it's been it's been fantastic speaking to you. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, look, looking forward to getting stuck in. Thanks again, Pete, and we'll put all them links in the show notes for our viewers and uh, watchers as well. So have a great day and uh, enjoy the rest of your beer. Yeah, enjoy that. And we'll speak again soon. <laughs> I'm going to tip that after you productive this afternoon. So thank you, Richard. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Pete. Speak soon. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.